Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of Brick TV. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Sam Abram. And Sam Abram is obviously from Brick, as most of you will know. And uh, so very warm welcome, Sam, to Brick TV. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, so I'm Sam. Um, I'm an asset coach at The Brick. I've been working at The Brick now for just over two and a half years. Um, throughout that whole time, I've been working as an asset coach. Um, it's a job which I thoroughly enjoy and really, truly do love doing. Fantastic. So um, for a dummy like me, and maybe one or two people who are new to the organisation, you talk a little bit about asset-based approach. So uh, what does actually, what does asset, asset, easy for me to say, what does asset-based approach mean? So well, when we talk about asset-based approach, so um, obviously my title is asset coaches. Um, so asset coaches work working in what we call an asset-based way, um, but the asset-based approach is not, just limited to coaching and how coaches work and what we do it's actually something which is and can be um organization wide so it can it can be kind of a way of working across the organization um so in a nutshell when we talk about being asset based it means to focus on strengths and the positive characteristics and to kind of work in a way which works better for people um, so people that we do work with, people who, who use our services, but as well people including staff, um, all staff of all levels and volunteers as well. Um, the, the kind of main message around asset-based working is that I know that we've previously talked a lot about the use of language. Um, so the, the kind of like the language that is used in general across the brick. Um, one of the one of the main things which most people will will be familiar for most people um, is the kind of use of, of labels or dropping the labels more so. Um, so it's around just just using adapting language and using kind of more, much more straightforward terms and, and words and language that doesn't categorise people as homeless or as a client or a service user. Um, so we, we kind of like promote just when we're talking about people that we just refer to people as people. Right. Okay. So, um, give me give me maybe one or two examples of uh, what you might hope to hear when people are using, so we say, asset based language. What sort of things might they say, uh, or alternatively, anything that they? It's probably better that they don't use in order to represent that positivity in asset based approach. So it's it's a kind of process that you you tend that I for myself in a way it's kind of like. It's not something which you instantly flick a switch and you change overnight. Um, it's just as time goes by and as you kind of, it's more of a natural process of getting into the the kind of asset-based way of working or the asset-based approach. It's just over time you, you start to, to check yourself and, re and recognise um, ways of working which are more kind of deficit-based. So it's about moving away from, um, like I said, like labels um, from as well, it's an attitude. So it's about attitude as well. So it's not just when we're with people we work with. It's around. It's around each other. It's conversations that happen between members of staff, um, and it's just steering, steering, steering away from kind of anything that kind of paints people in a kind of negative or derogatory light. So referring to 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 people as addicts or drug users or them, a kind of them and us um, 
rhetoric which often occurs. Um, one of the key points around the asset-based way of working is about, is about kind of an equal balance. So there is no kind of kind of worker um, client relationship where you've got that kind of imbalance of power. It's about being equal. So it's human to human. Um, it's about being respectful and about speaking to people, treating people, and as well when people are not around, about the attitude towards the work that you do. Um, and situations that people are in with that kind of mutual like respect and just seeing people as as humans. I was just um, going to say that. that. I was just going to say that actually. That um, I'm glad you used that word because that's what was jumping out at me as you were talking about it was respect. It's that whole thing of mutual respect, isn't it? Is it? Can it be quite difficult to come from and be surrounded by the outside world and the media, which obviously does use certain language to describe things, which are probably, in some cases, a little bit derogatory. It may be a lot derogatory, to be fair. So is it almost a – does it take a little while to get used to taking a more positive approach when, when, you, when you expect people to do that compared with what they're used to hearing out in the big wide world? It can be, it can be, yeah, because I think that regardless of kind of background and, and places of work, it's embedded in, in systems and in ways of working. Um, for me, it's not, it wasn't difficult to move away from it, but it, like I said, it isn't just an instant, all of a sudden you're, you're going to go from kind of like non-asset based to completely asset based. It's kind of, it's, it's continually developing over time. So there is no point that you get to where you can say, that's it now, we're asset-based, we're an asset-based organisation, or I work in an asset-based way. Um, I certainly find that I notice the kind of deficit language a lot more than I did previously. Um, it no longer comes naturally to me, and when I hear it, I almost feel like, like I have a facial reaction to it. <laughs> uncomfortable, basically. It makes yeah, you feel uncomfortable, yeah? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so yeah, do, you have, do you have a culture or is the part of the process to, which is like you said, it's a journey is what I'm hearing. Um, is, is the whole idea of the journey to get to a point where maybe people can pick other people up on the wrong language, but in a respectful way, not as in pick it up and tell them off or pick it up and, you know, what are you using that, you know, which of course people don't react to. <laughs> But I, it strikes me as, as an outsider looking in that probably the time that you're really getting making big progress is when people can just say say something to somebody in a respectful way, just to remind them of the need to use the the, the appropriate language. Is that something you want to work towards? Yeah, definitely. And a key part of being an asset coach is that kind of kind of challenging the system or kind of like almost like activism in a way. Um, but like you said, it's to kind of promote asset-based working, you then you have to kind of challenge something again in an asset-based way. So rather than saying that's wrong and this is right or you should not do that or I don't like that, it's more just about promoting it by example. So by doing it myself and, and I do find like when I, when I am just – now it's like a natural thing but when i am in a professionals meeting surrounded by people from from all kinds of other organizations which are, many of them do have a very deficit-based way of working so for example um a drug and alcohol service will focus on using drugs and drinking alcohol or addiction um and i do i do see in the room like people reacting and responding to the way that i 
steer away from using words like client um and some people do comment on it and i do get a lot of a lot of positive it's always a positive response um, and it's really great for me when people say i really like the way that you work and, and i wish i could do that and then it's kind of like encouraging people to say well it doesn't it's not just about asset coaching like anybody can can work in a more asset based way anybody can adjust the language or make very small changes within the culture of an organization or even just as an individual uh, that can have a massive impact on on those relationships that you build with with people whether you work with them or whether they're colleagues or whether they're from another service um, yeah. you clearly you clearly have um a very very good insight on this and as i said as an outsider you're clearly a very good role model for this um would you encourage people to listening to this who have maybe have thought that and maybe have never said anything to you that I wish I could be a bit more like that? Do you encourage them to reach out to you and to, to ask you and, and, and engage with you in terms of what they could do to make themselves more like that? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, people at the book are very, like, very much aware of that I'm kind of, I've been there a bit now as an asset coach and I've spoken in quite a few various kind of staff meetings and things about, about asset-based approaches, especially around use of language and adapting the language as an organisation. Um, so yeah, absolutely, I'm always more than happy to to have a sit down um, and also um, offer some like training sessions for staff, whether the new staff or whether they're just staff that want a refresh, bit of a refresh of what, what the asset best way of working is and what it means and how kind of like how thinking of how to implement that across different parts of the charity so whether it's people who are working directly with the public or whether it's people that are working them from an office or people who are working in the shop there's there's adaptations that you can make across the board to just to kind of spread that asset based way across the entire organization yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think what you just said there, or you intimated there, I think it's a great idea. I think there's probably room for a training session, um, and possibly in the current climate, um, you know, an online um, training session or an online recording of a training training session. You know, including a few slides. We'll have to speak to Wendy Doherty about that. See what uh, she can do, or if she's not, if she's already got it, um, because. The great thing about the online version, of course, is that it's there to be watched at people's convenience. So, you know, when you're trying to get people in a, in a classroom in the old days, when we were allowed to go in classrooms, long time ago, it seems now. But um, the fact that they can go and watch it at their convenience when they want to, I guess, means that you'll get to more people. And then the other advantage, of course, of doing it that way as well is they can watch half of it and then they get distracted, something happens, the phone goes, and then they can carry on again when it suits them. So it's learning on their terms, which, of course, is becoming a lot more popular now. Would you say yeah. that makes makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. And for me personally, I've learned a lot around the kind of the COVID situation and lockdown and working from home and a lot not being able to kind of see people as much or at all face-to-face is actually that um, there's, there's no reason why we couldn't, in, in future continue to offer more options for people for communication so online and um, over zoom over over facetime and um, whatever make more use of that kind of um working working like using technology and 
Yeah, well, interestingly, interestingly, that's exactly what's happened. The COVID has driven that. You know, uh, in my world of digital media, it's quite staggering how many people I've been talking to over the year, many years about digital, using digital communication. And, uh, you know, some people take it on board. Some, some people go, meh, not really for me. But, of course, everybody's got no choice now, and everybody's becoming a, a bit of an online expert, and everybody's uh, prepared to talk and listen a lot more online. Uh, and, of course, the, the great thing about this show is that they can listen to it on the audio uh, podcast version as well so if they want to listen to it when they're driving along or going for a jog or whatever it is they're doing then that's a choice and an option and of course it's available 24 7 that's fantastic okay so um just i'm sure everybody most people know you and know who you are but just in terms of anybody that's watching or listening to this how what's the best way to connect with you to find out more or to talk to you about uh, more about asset-based approach um, so people, um, people can contact me, email, phone. Um, there is a, there's a group on Teams which I believe everyone's been added to. If anyone's not been added to that, then they can contact Wendy or myself. Um, it's, it's a staff wellbeing, but it's, it's like a, a chat on Teams, so people can post things in there just to, add, just ask me to get in touch with them if they like. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to to speak to people to arrange a meeting or whether it's a zoom or a bit of training or just to answer questions fantastic okay sam i think that's wonderful bit of insight remember the three eyes you know of this channel about insight inspiration ideas and uh, hopefully people have got uh, something from that i know i certainly have uh, i've been educated as part of that so thanks very much for, for joining me today and uh, we'll see you very soon for another episode of uh, brick tv so I'm Phil Croshaw, and this is Sam Abram. I've been trying to pronounce that all day properly, and we'll catch you again soon. Sam, thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Bye-bye.